Hello and welcome to the Circular Economy Show podcast. I'm your host, Pippa, and before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you a favour. I'd love it if you could take two minutes to fill in our listener survey, which is linked in the show notes. We've had some great responses already, which are helping us plan future episodes. So let us know what you think about the podcast so we leave no stone unturned. Right, on to today's episode. The fashion industry is ripe for circular transformation. From the greenhouse gases emitted in textile production to the millions of tonnes of microplastics released when we wash our clothes, the current linear system is in huge need of a redesign. I spoke to Chloe Anderson, programme manager in the Ella MacArthur Foundation's fashion team, about the myths surrounding a circular economy for fashion, the opportunities for brands and designers, and how she's incorporating her principles of circular fashion into her wedding day. I started by asking Chloe what we mean by circular design for fashion. So circular design for fashion is a mission-led practice of design that takes into account the three principles of the circular economy, so eliminate, circulate, regenerate, and also takes into account systems thinking. So eliminating waste and pollution, circulating products and materials, and regenerating nature. And we often talk about that in multiple industries. What does that specifically look like in fashion? Mm, Great question. So I guess the current fashion industry that we have today is very linear in its traditional sense. So we take raw material from the ground, um, we use it to produce clothes, and then we throw them away. And right now, I've probably been talking for about 15 seconds already, and that is the equivalent of 15 truckloads of clothes going either into landfill or incineration. So you can see there's a a huge problem um, that really, really needs to be tackled and addressed. So in a circular economy for fashion, we eliminate waste and pollution, Um, we circulate those products and materials and we do regenerate nature by design. So the by design part is really, really crucial for us. So it means actually starting at the root of the issue and not applying design as an afterthought. So you're working with designers on this? Yes. So actually, a lot of what we're going to talk about today um, is referenced in our Circular Design for Fashion book. Yes, this was uh, released uh, in 2021. Um, And as part of our work with that, we actually interviewed over 80 different stakeholders within um, fashion design. Um, So there's so many different examples and stories in there about circular design for fashion, um, as well as 15 different strategies about how you could apply circular design for fashion too. Amazing. Can we dig into that a little bit? So maybe without going into the whole book, but what are some some examples here of kind of uh, tools that designers can use to become, to, to use the circular framework? Yeah, definitely. So really the, the book is anchored around the three principles of circular um, the circular economy. So, and within each of those principles, um, there are certain strategies that map to them. And within each of the strategies, there are also loads of examples about how different organizations are applying those strategies in real life. Um, we also have a, a big section at the back of the book, which is all about applying systems thinking 
um, and the different approaches that you need to consider and take when applying a systems thinking approach. And loads of questions for designers to consider, loads of how might we use, we know designers love a how might we question. So there's tons of them in the book as well to ask yourself as you're going through that design process and really testing um, how you are meeting the different principles around eliminate, circulate and regenerate. So having talked to those designers and done your research for this book and in your, in your general work, what are some of the key questions and issues that come up that if people don't read the book, they just listen to this podcast today that they can take to their own work? There's a good section at the beginning of the book that talks about the myths and the truths of circular design for fashion. And I think these are really key nuggets of information that debunk some of the, the queries and the questions that we get about circular design for fashion. So I'd love to dive into some of them today, actually, if that's yes, okay with you. Perfect. So I guess the first one is often um, people come to us and they think that circular design is all about recycling. Recycling is one component. So it's very important to um, consider how we design our garments with recycled material and also how we design for our garments to be recyclable. But it's just one element of a, of a wider story and a wider system. We've talked about already some of the tools in the book are around systems thinking and actually thinking beyond just the product itself um, and thinking more about actually all the different elements of the pro product and how they come together. So it's not just about recycling, it's, it's much more than that. It's really interesting because I think it's, there's, there's something around the communication of um, what, what good looks like, which I think you've dived into in, in the book. Yeah. Um, what is your next myth? The next myth is all about durability. So often we get asked or, you know, people really focus on the physical durability of the garment, but actually, it's a lot more than that. It's also about the emotional durability. And that means how do people connect with the garment? How can the garment be used over time? So how can you design a garment that lasts through multiple, multiple seasons? It's not just a seasonal thing, but how can you create in a garment that really lasts the tale of time? So you're talking there about the material durability, but also the style. So not something that's going to look out of date mm. in a few months time. Exactly. So I guess the jumper that I'm wearing today, it's quite a standard, I guess, polo neck jumper, black, um, maybe some monochrome colors, white, a bit of gray. I've had this for years. It actually probably needs some care. <laughs> but it's something that I think it's, it's really easy to wear, to throw on. It goes with a lot of different things. For me, it's a timeless piece that I would ha quite happily keep in my wardrobe because I know it's easy to go with lots of different things. I know that it's, I feel like a black polo neck never really goes out of fashion. Might get, <laughs> might get some alternative opinions about that. But yeah, I think it's something that can last in my wardrobe for a long time. And for me, it's that emotional connection of, this is something I know I can really easily throw on and it looks good and I maybe look, you know, presentable to other people as well. So it's something I can connect with quite quickly and, yeah, also for me, it's been durable over the years. I've worn it a lot, but really it's that emotional connection and, and how I respond to it and being my wardrobe as well. Yeah. And then I guess bringing it back to your previous point, when it's being designed, it's not just that it's timeless, but eventually, no matter how well you repair it and look after it, you will need to do something with it afterwards. 
And that goes back to your previous point, right? Yeah. So I guess we we try to anchor um, our circular economy for fashion work around our circular economy for fashion vision. Um, so there's three principles within that. One is used more. So that's when we're talking about the durability of the garment. So both physical and also emotional. Also, um, there's a massive opportunity within circular business models. So there's an element of, yes, you have to keep things durable, but how do you keep them in the system? How do you keep them circulating? And how can you ultimately make more money with by producing less or not producing at all? Um, so there's lots of different circular business models. We have a paper on this that really explores the, the opportunity that exists today, um, both monetary and also environmentally. And um, those are our, our two key elements really around how we see garments being able to be used more. The second point of the vision is made to be made again. So this comes to the point of, you know, I've worn this out <laughs> probably the end of, end of its use phase. Maybe it's looking a bit, you know, droopy. We also need to design garments that are made to be made again. So that's talking about they are easily disassemblable, mm. but then ultimately at the end of its life, they're also recyclable. So this is going back to, you know, how can we keep things in the loop? How can we circulate that material as we go forward? And then the final point of our vision, which I think we'll talk about in a bit as well, is um, making sure that we're making garments from safe and recycled or renewable content. And actually, there's a quote in the book that I'd quite like to read. Oh, yeah, think. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> about that one in particular. So um, it's from Geraldine Vallejo. Um, and she is from the Caring Group, and it says circular design is also about ensuring there is no leakage in the system that would harm nature. For instance, practices that use materials that impoverish soils or pollute oceans cannot be part of circular design. So this goes back to our, our third point of the vision there around actually using materials that are, are safe um, and recycled, but when that's not possible, they could come from renewable sources. And when we talk about renewable sources, we also want um, those materials and those fibres to be sourced from uh, regenerative production. Um, and that is uh, looking more at how can we give back to nature? How can we create positive outcomes for nature and not harm nature as a process of, of making clothes? When you talk about those harms and and safe materials and safe sources, I guess something that springs to mind are the crops that, so for example, cotton is grown in. But what are those other risks? Like, where is that har potential harm that comes from making our clothes in the system we've got at the moment? Mm. Oh, I mean, <laughs> where do I begin? <laughs> so I think um, another one of our our myths is around you know it's all about about products design. Um, but actually it's much more than that. Circular design is thinking beyond just the product, as I've mentioned a few times already, it's the system as well. It's thinking about the supply chain, the processes, the business models, all of those different components that go towards making our clothes. And I guess you could realize harm at any point during that journey. Um, so even in the, the production of clothes and the processes, it's thinking about the dyes that you're using, how are they being expended from the factory? Are they polluting waterways? You know, are we stopping that from happening and, and how can we prevent that going forwards? Looking at the the source of materials as well and, and how they're they're farmed and 
and looking at their origin is also crucially important too. Um, so really it's uh, circular design, you have to think about all of the different consequences and all of the unintended consequences as well that could happen as part of your initial design, which is definitely why, and there's a quote in the book around this, circular design is the starting point and not an afterthought. Great. So I think what ties nicely to that is you've talked about a lot about the challenges around rethinking the way we do things and why it doesn't work at the moment. But what's in it for fashion? What's in it for the people that love to wear clothes? What's in it for the people that make and design them? Mm, I mean, I think it's a really, really exciting opportunity. I think sometimes we, we get the, the um, feedback, you know, people are worried about stifling creativity, but the designers that we interviewed for this book, I mean, they've all said that they see it as a really exciting opportunity. Um, the, the moment to act is now, you know, to get behind this. Everybody wants to, to live in a world where, you know, nature is thriving and we're all doing well. So we all have the power. Everybody, everybody makes design decisions every day. So actually it's a really, really exciting opportunity for us to, um, to think differently, to think, uh, you know, in a way that, that really looks at the three principles of the circular economy and also considers the wider system. Is there something also in the legacy there? So I think most designers would love to see their clothes still being worn 10, 15 years, maybe even longer mm. after they've been made, but also the legacy of not causing that harm that we've talked about. Um, is there anything around that? Mm, yeah, and I think legacy is something that's come up in a few of our interviews recently, <clears throat> sorry, for, for some of our designers. Um, in particularly, I know that Timberland talks about this in, in their interview that we had with them recently. Um, and they talk about how they're starting to begin about future designers and, and thinking about how they can leave a legacy as a brand for future designers to begin to get creative in this way and in thinking with inside the practice of circular design. Um, actually, Timberland is a really, really good example of um, how they've redesigned a staple product of theirs, uh, the Timberloop Trekker. Um, they've also looked at the circular business models and the systems that sit around it for offering take back and resale. I guess it crosses across all of the, the different principles that we see in our fashion vision. Um, so they are designed to um, be durable. They're designed to be disassemblable. So they're easily dis disassembled into their different component parts, which can then go back into the separate recycling streams. But that is definitely encouraged at end of life. So what else they offer is a, a take back scheme and a resale platform. So for those products that don't need to be disassembled yet, they don't need to be recycled, they can be easily repaired or, um, you know, finessed and cleaned um, to be resold um, and to withhold the value that they, they hold in the market. So it's a, yeah, a win-win for business because you're not having to create new um, products, new materials, you're not having to source raw materials, um, but actually you're keeping the materials that you already have um, in the system. So Chloe, what you've discussed so far, a lot of that is around owning clothes. We have shared quite a lot about at the foundation about the role of rental and other business models. What role does that have in circular fashion? Uh, a massive role. <laughs> it's really a core part of enabling clothes to be used more. Um, right now, in as a fashion industry, we and as a as a global population. 
Um, we've never produced more clothing, whilst at the same time, we've never, never worn our clothing less. So it's a, <laughs> it's quite a shocking thing to think about. Um, we're just not utilizing the clothes that we have. So why not create business models that enable us to increase the utilization of our clothes? Um, and also it's a fantastic business opportunity. So in our recent circular business models paper, uh, we found that there was a $700 billion opportunity, um, to grow the market in circular business models from 3.5% of the global fashion market to 23%. And at the same time that enables us to get closer to that 1.5 degree pathway. Um, which is critically important for us to try to achieve as a fashion industry. So really circular business models has a huge amount to offer. We've seen lots of uh, innovators putting this into practice. We've seen some large organizations putting this into practice. And I think uh, Vestiaire Collective is, is a really good example of, of doing this at scale. And actually the the size, size of the prize essentially, right? They've been able to go and scale quite rapidly and globally. Um, and it's really interesting if you look at them as an example around how they've managed to tailor their offering. So they've managed to look at, I guess, the service design, right? This is another type of design that's really important within um, circular design and thinking about the different markets that they're, they are, are targeting and adapt their service accordingly. So yeah, really, really inspirational in the book. We have an interview. The, it's great to check I mean, out. <laughs> for those who haven't heard of Vestia Collective, maybe uh, you know not everybody is interested in fashion as a sort of art form. This clothes are just there to be worn. Uh, Vestia is definitely for people interested in fashion mm. as something beautiful. Mm. Um, can you tell us a bit about that business and why we love to work with them? Mm, yeah, I think they just have a, a, a different approach. They have a community-led platform. Um, where people are able to, to sell things to each other. They've built in traceability for their garments. Um, they've built in verification for the garments as well. So a lot of what they offer at Vestier Collective is, is luxury offerings. Um, so they've built a lot of uh, strong processes. They've also collaborated with a lot of the luxury um, fashion companies as well to act as a, as a service. Um, so yeah, they're just a really exciting model to consider and think about. Um, but I guess there's lots of different ones out there as well, you know, that, that are, are continuing to get bigger. Um, one that I can think of, so I'm getting married in July. Congratulations. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I really wanted to try and uphold the principles of a circular economy for my outfit and what I'm wearing. So I used Vinted recently to buy, um, my wedding shoes and... Mm. It's, I mean, it's amazing. You see what people write on the description, you know, used for three hours. I mean, and then what? They sit in the closet for a long time. So why not keep those in use? Why not, you know, I wear them. You create a whole story around the product and, you know, its value and, and how it can help others, really. That's such a beautiful image of these shoes being passed on from one amazing day to another yeah. instead of just, yeah, languishing at the bottom of a wardrobe, as you say. Yeah. And that's often what happens in uh, <laughs> wedding situations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Chloe for giving us a whistle-stop tour of circular design for fashion. As she mentioned, you can find lots more about the case studies we discussed 
as well as tips for how to bring circular design into your work in the Circular Design for Fashion book. The book is out now and you can buy it via the link in our show notes. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks with a brand new series looking at our food system. And if there's something you'd like us to explore in a future episode, let us know by filling in our listener survey. See you next time.